Hi, you're listening to the Love and Lighten the Fuck Up podcast, and I'm your host, Keon. The aim of this podcast is to share stories, provide bullshit-free tips, practical info, a whole lot of fun and support to help you in your life and business. Whilst I respect and take very seriously a lot of information that's out there, I also want to encourage people to spread their own wings and try new things out, tweak old things and mix things up. I want to instill confidence in you and get you to really believe that there's no right or wrong if you're following your truth. I came to the realisation that our only purpose in life is to be our true selves. And it's my mission now to create a movement where we support and encourage each other to come out of our shells and flaunt, celebrate and respect each other's differences. Each of us has a unique and specific role to play in this world and we can only fulfil that role if we're being our true selves. So we'll talk about life, love, spirituality and entrepreneurship. I'll add some fun and the occasional special guest to get us going. If you've got any particular topics or questions you'd like me to cover, feel free to email me at hi at hashtag ifly.com. If you love what you hear, feel free to share and add the podcast to your favourites. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram at hashtag ifly or check out the website. I'll leave all the links in the show notes below. Now let's get started. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Love and Lighten the Fuck Up. And today I actually have my first male guest, which is Anthony Morocco. Anthony's a psychic medium. He's also a mentor and he's a motivator as well. Hi, Anthony. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're really busy. Uh, it's perfectly great i'm excited to do this actually and um kind of talk to you here yeah i'm so excited as well now where are you based i'm um i'm in new jersey so i'm in the united states i'm in new jersey about well now i grew up about 25 minutes outside of manhattan most of my life but Mm -hmm. i just moved a little more west in new jersey so i'm about an hour outside of new york city Mm, wow now i i love your story i mean you know it's been tough for you but it's motivational i can just see it become one of those motivational videos can you tell listeners how you got into mediumship and where you were before it it's just really it's an amazing story so I'm going to give you, uh, you know, I'm going to give you the short version because I know we're limited on time. But before mediumship, like I, I listen, I, I, I say this to every, everyone always asks me this question. Um, mediumship was the last thing I would have chose. <laughs> yes. I feel it chose me. Yes. I never thought I would be a medium. I never thought I would do this, be doing this professionally. Not in a million years. If you told me yes. 10 years ago, I would have laughed at you and walked away. Yes. You know, um, I, I'm not a child that, you know, seen spirit at four years old and just knew right away, you know, yes. and, and, um, you know, I really actually don't remember a lot of my childhood. I think I blacked out um, a lot of it yes. um, because of I kind of came through, you know, an emotional um, family upbringing where we had stuff going on. then. so I, I guess I choose to block that out. But majority of my life, you know, around 15, 16 years old, I, I tried my first drug. It was yes. acid, actually. And I loved it. 
Yeah. And um, and from loving it, um, I became a drug addict. Um, I think I loved it. When I look back now, I think I loved it because I didn't realize I was quote unquote sensitive. Mm. I do remember looking back and saying, you know, if my father even raised his voice to me, I would go running crying, you know, to, yes. to my mom because – uh, I was very sensitive, but I didn't know that, you know, I remember in high school, maybe having a girlfriend for many years and, you know, her always saying like, oh, you're just too sensitive, you know, and I, I just didn't understand what that really that yes. fucking meant yeah, at that yeah. point. Uh, but then the fast forward again, you know, once I started drugs, I really kind of never put them down. Mm -hmm. I made my way um, later on in life. I went to college to get away from home, to be honest with you. That's the yes. only reason why I really went yeah. and uh, um, and to party. And through those years, uh, you know, I lived again right outside New York City. I, I had my first experience in a New York City nightclub, Limelight. And I was I, I was found. I found myself. That's where I was. And that's where I wanted to be a part of. And literally probably for the next 15 years, that's pretty much what what I became a part of, you know, I got really into designer drugs, special K ecstasy, things like that. And, and uh, my life really spiraled downhill very fast. I had a lot of physical problems. Mm. Uh, besides that from the drugs, um, there was a time I had a, a, a urinary tract um, infection, bladder and kidney infection all at once. I was literally having uh, blood coming out of places that shouldn't be. Yes. Um, and I also had peptic ulcers from Special K. And so I was in and out of hospitals because I would have what we call them stomach attacks. And literally, mm. if, if all I can explain it as, go to your like, sternum, take a sword, stick it through there and twist it because that's how it felt. It was so bad. I thought I would be dying sometimes. And literally, my friends would take me to the hospital. Wow. So in and out of hospitals. Finally, I got sober uh, before I was even 21 or I went to my first rehab. What made you do that? Pretty much my parents. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents got wind um, that I was, you know, getting high. Uh, I was arrested, actually, though, at this point once. Uh, yeah. um, we were driving, got pulled over, and I had Special K on me. We were going to a, a, a club in the city, mm -hmm. and sure enough, I got arrested. Um, I was actually was just a slap on my wrist because I was released on my own recognizance. Again, at the time when I was doing these designer drugs, they mm -hmm. weren't a classified controlled drug yet because yeah. uh, they were so new. So it was like having a prescription without having the prescription. I was released and um, and then I went and got uh, I was arrested again. The second time I was arrested, I was actually shot at by a police mm. officer um, in Fairfield, New Jersey. And I should be dead. You know, I really should be yeah. dead because just in the, the circumstances, what happened, you know, I walked into a house. There was 15 kids running the house and there was like a sting operation happening and they were watching this house mm. when I got there. They thought I was someone else, and they all came running around. Cops came running around from the house with guns out, screaming, get down. I, I was That's actually when I was physically sick. So I actually was you know, on, I think, Percocets then too. And I wound up turning around, and I took off running. Wow. And as I ran, I had K on me, and I threw it into the bushes. And the guy you know, said that he thought I had a weapon. He shot at me. Uh, literally, he was right behind me, and it knocked me unconscious onto the street. And I woke up, two cops on me, putting handcuffs on me. Wow. And and um, I had less hearing in my right ear. My, I was bleeding on my right-hand side. My knees were all cut. My jeans were ripped. They brought me to the station. They cleaned me up, the EMT, and they, but they didn't tell me. You know, They didn't tell me anything. And then eventually they brought me into the office, and they said, you need to go to the hospital. You need to get checked out. And, and at the time, I was probably literally in and out of hospitals 20 to 30 times, not even exaggerating that. Wow. I looked at them and say, I said, is my father going to have to pay? You know, Is this going to be my insurance? And they said, yeah. And I said, I'm not going, you know, and they yeah. said, you don't have a choice. Um, when, when the officer was chasing you, a bullet was released from his chamber 
and you have to go and, and um, you know, protocol and get checked out. So they, I went to the hospital and, and again, I was released on my own recognizance. Um, yeah. I actually, they dropped everything because I had gotten tampering with a government function, eluding an officer, wow. uh, um, an uh, officer's life in danger, yeah. uh, um, obstruction of justice. I got all these things and they really, you know, they, it was like we plea bargain. They, they, I dropped because I wouldn't sue the town because mm. it never should have happened. And, and uh, um, they dropped everything. So that was fine. And it was my third time uh, I got arrested again uh, for drugs again. And that time I remember sitting in the police officer station and saying, do you know a good rehab? And the police officer looked at me like, are you OK? You know, and I said, I, I just need to go away. Um, and so, you know, I went through a couple rehabs, mm. you know, again, long story short, it wasn't I wasn't a first time winner. I went through a couple of them and then I even went to halfway houses literally and spent some longer time there um, yeah. as well. And so those that that was pretty much my life in, you know, into my 20s. Yeah. Um, I gotten sober through through AA and halfway house for for six years. And then I had a great idea to go out and become a bartender when I was sober. And um, that didn't last very long. Mm. And I got back into the club scene. I relapsed. And that's when in those like two or three years, I yeah. really reached my bottom yeah. and at that point um, knowing that there was something better knowing that I had sobriety before and I felt better I knew there was something different I always believed in God yeah. I didn't believe in the religion though the yes. dogmatic of religion yeah. I know always knew there was a power greater than myself and literally this time I finally surrendered um, when I was really on my knees at the bottom like this time I got hooked on Adderall mm. which is like an ADHD drug for kids which is mind-blowing to me because it's like legalized crystal meth uh -huh. and um, I would be up for sometimes 48 72 hours because I was a bartender at work and then I'd still go out to the clubs in Manhattan yeah. so at that point when I really reached the bottom uh, um, I'd gotten sober again um, I needed to I had to I started praying to God and literally I surrendered you know I got on my knees and I surrendered and I knew there was a purpose for me I didn't know what I actually thought potentially I was wanted to be a life coach yeah. but God had other plans and um, after I started praying for about a week people started showing up like really weirdly and started handing me things to listen to or uh you know and there was like messages in there and then someone said i should go for a reading so i did and i went to this reading and then all of a sudden after the reading i was like yeah it was pretty good you know i was like unsure of it but all this weird stuff was happening so i was like i'm just gonna go with it yeah. um the lady called me back a week later and it was actually a friend that actually set it up so she messaged me and i was a skeptic by the way yes. i was a full-blown skeptic <laughs> and, and uh the lady said you know she uh you know the the, the psychic wants to talk to you and I said, what do you mean she wants to talk to me? You know, she said, I said, what does she want, my money? You know, she want more money? I don't have any money. I was literally just getting sober. I didn't have anything at that yeah. point again. And uh, she said, no, actually, she knows you don't have any money and she wants to talk to you. So I said, set it up Tuesday. She said, no, she wants to talk to you tomorrow. So I got on the phone with this lady again. And, and again, she said, I know you don't have any money, but I need to talk to you. You've come up in every reading this past week. I need to talk to you. And in that time afterwards, you know, she did her thing to make her connection. And she brought spirit through and said, this is what I was, you know, and if I chose to follow this path. And so uh, sounded cool at yeah. first. I really didn't know. I thought dead person was going to show up in front of my face and start <laughs> talking to me. And I didn't know that I would have to work at this whole thing. And uh, so I hung up with her and I was like, cool, you know, and she said, you know, you, you, here's my number. Just call me from now on. You're going to need help. Things are going to start happening to me. And that's what happened. I started seeing and hearing things yeah. again, not like 
in front of me right yes, away. Yes. You know, I just started seeing and hearing things. I taught myself how to meditate, and that's when I started seeing and hearing things. I had really weird, odd experiences that if I said today, people still wouldn't understand or wouldn't believe me yes. um, of the things I started to hear, and it didn't make sense. And long and behold, a woman actually made me a believer kind of a couple of years before, but I was still skeptical yeah. that I ran into that same lady who was a medium and, um, coming out of my mouth as fate would have it, just me and her in the hallway. I said, do you still do development classes? Because this lady told me in my twenties that I had something and she wanted to help develop me. And at the time she wanted me to pay for classes and I just thought she wants my money. Yes. So I just came out of my mouth out of nowhere. I was like, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> and and sure enough, she says, you know, call me. I want to do a reading. So um, I set up a reading about a week before the reading. She calls me and says, you know, the readings an hour. We plan on spending two hours. I know what you are. I said, oh, okay. So I went to the reading, and the reading was great. And at the end, she says, I want to develop you. And I said, well, how much is this going to cost me? Still skeptical. And yeah. she said, nothing nothing. This is what I'm being told to do, yeah. you know? And so I started working with her, um, for about six months and she just, she taught me energy really, you know, how to mm. feel energy and stuff like that. And long and behold, things just, you know, synchronistically yes. because I've surrendered now my life to God and spirit, things started to move. And, and eventually, you know, I found Lisa Williams and then Lisa Williams took a big liking to me and, uh, um, you know, to train me and, and, uh, I worked with her. Um, I couldn't believe after a year of working with her, not even within a year, She's coming to New Jersey on her East Coast tour, and she reaches out to me and asks me to, uh, um, you know, open for her here yes. in front of 1,100 people. And I'm like, wow. when she calls, like, that sounds it sounds good, right? Yeah, it sounds yeah. Like, yeah, that's awesome. yeah, but you're you know? shitting yourself. Like, <laughs> exactly. I was like uh, on the phone. I was like, um, well, can I tell you tomorrow? And she started <laughs> laughing. She literally started laughing yeah. in the phone. And she said, "I said, at least listen. I'll probably, you know, I, I know I have to do it, but can I tell you tomorrow? It's scary. You know what I mean?" Yeah. And uh, she's like, that's fine. You know, text me, you know, with her British accent, just text me and let me know. And, um, and so, and I did it. And then, you know, long and behold, again, I don't know for me. And, and, and I think you know this of me, for me, mediumship, there's so much more, there's so much yes. more to go, so much more we yes. can get into. I always want to go deeper. I always want to, you know, create a deeper connection to the spirit world to, you know, to give the evidence, to give the message and, and you know, and, and allow myself to be a pure channel or, or voice of the spirit world. I then found Tony Stockwell. Before you know it, uh, there's one opening in his mentorship in England, and I am literally on a plane. Uh, I'm flying to England for a year wow. uh, um, and forth to, to mentor with him. And, you know, the rest is kind of history. Now, you know, I share the stage with Lisa. I've done Dems with Lisa. Yeah. And um, I'm a professional medium now. You know, I, I left my job about a year and a half ago, and it's mind-boggling to me because, again, it's not something that I would ever have thought. Yes. And it's not something ever fucking wanted to be quite honest with you. Uh, um, and it's hard work fear. too. It's hard work. You've got to fucking work for it. So talk about that. I mean, you do a lot of work and you really raise the bar for all the people that follow you and learn from you, which I think is amazing. So talk to us about like what you do because it's not, it's not as though you just woke up and went, bang, I can hear things and see things and... Yes. It, you know, it's funny because I think that's like a myth or a fallacy yeah. in some way, you know, because I actually thought that again, like I said, I yeah. thought dead person was going to show up and, yeah. and, and just show <laughs> yeah. himself. And I would like, yeah, he's wearing a hat. He's a police yeah. officer. He had a, Tell you, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> And it didn't work like that. And the funny thing is my first teacher didn't and never told me that it wasn't going to work like that. That's probably why we, we parted our ways. Yeah. Uh, um, but it's work, you know, I had to develop and, and development is hard. It's, it's, it's tough. But for me, I'm like, my 
type of personality is like I'm all in. You know yes, what I mean? Yes. And, and my first year of sobriety, when when I was uh, opening up, I should say, you know, when all this stuff happened to me, I was saying you earlier, I couldn't even afford TV, and so literally, I uh, I couldn't afford cable, and so I would just read. You know, books started showing up. I'll never forget, like my mom's like cousin, all of a sudden calls my mom, and like she heard something about it, and like she's sending me John Edwards' Infinite Quest book, like she mailed it to me. I'm like, this is so fucking weird. You know, yeah. why is she wearing me that? Yes. Like, you know, oh, this is what I need to read. You know what I mean? And so. And then people started handing me books. You know what I mean? Like everything was just so synchronistically divine um, and, yes. and timed. And so, you know, I read. I, I taught myself how to meditate. And like my friends, Friday night, you know, I was still single. Let's go out to eat. And, and I'm like, nah, I'm going to sit home and meditate and, and, and on a Friday night and, and read books. You know what I mean? And yes. try to make this connection spirit world get to know my guides you know mediumship to me is you know gordon higginson says it best you know um and if no one knows who gordon higginson is he was you know just a, a brilliant medium but yes. also the head of the snu and everything else but he uh, you know mediumship is a mirror of the mind yes it's a mirror of the mind the spirit world can only bring through the references that are within me so what does i have to make me I got to fucking make myself an encyclopedia. Mm. You know what I mean? I literally have to, those references have to be burned into my consciousness. So when the spirit world, so when the discarnate comes forward and comes into me as the incarnate and blends with my energy, they can pull those references out. You mm. know what I mean? Yes. And cancers, if I'm going to look at that or um, uh, anything really, you know, types of cars. Uh, but even different- your experience as well, like all the life experience you've had, and the emotions and all of that sort of stuff, that's all part of it too because you're, yes. you're more empathetic and compassionate towards a spirit, I suppose. Like they can, they can really impress that upon you and you can then relay it back to your sitter. So yes. it's, it's all of that. I think everybody's actually a psychic, intuitive and stuff like that. Mediumship, I actually think that everybody can be a medium too, but it is the hard work. And... The hard work part, though, that's work on you. So talk about that. It's not just working, reading books about how to do mediumship. There's also the working on you part and the truth. Like it's exposing all the truths and uncovering the shit that you're hiding behind, basically, so that you can be this pure channel. So, Yeah. yeah, talk about that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, through my development, you know, probably my after my first year, after reading and all that other stuff, probably my second year, I started to deal with all my fears. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and what I thought it was interesting to me is where my path for, you know, what my guys brought me on was not only a path of mediumship, but it was a path of me mm-hmm. discovering me, yes. discovering my spirit, discovering mm-hmm. my soul, mm-hmm. why I tick the way that I tick. Why do things keep bothering me from people mm-hmm. uh, that bother me? You know what I mean? Like yes. always looking at me constantly always looking at me and so my guides didn't just bring me through the mediumship development they brought me through spirituality development i want to call it self-development um there and i constantly had to go in and look at me i had to see you know carl jung uh, talks about you know the shadow side. You yes, know if you ever yes. look up his work, yeah. um, you know I had to deal with my shadow. You know it's it's within every one of us. Mm-hmm. Ego is insidious um, at its best. I think mm-hmm. Marianne Williamson says it best. Um, the ego is vicious at worst mm-hmm. and suspicious at best. Yeah. You know so the ego. You know I had to. I learned about the ego. I, I read a great book, The Egoless Self, yes. um, by a guy, uh, not like a big Eckhart Tolle or these big guys, but this guy that you know it, obtained some form of enlightenment, but 
but it, it was interesting to because when I read his story, he was another guy that came through AA, also had dad issues. I have father issues. Yes. You know, me and my father have our, um, you know, our own our, our issues there. So I had to deal with that. I had to deal with my own issues. I had to deal with my father's issues. I had to learn. I'm still, I mean, whenever really there, I'm still, um, you know, working on forgiveness. I'm still working on forgiveness for my own self yes. too as well. So, you know, many, for many years and, and still it's a continuing ongoing journey, mm-hmm. but for many years in the beginning, I had to work on me yes. and, and, and like in, it's kind of interesting because in those times I wasn't so much develop. I was developing, but Spirit wasn't developing as doing readings as a you know in in the beginning that yes. year my second year I probably really was developing me yes. um learning about the ego learning about the shadow learning about you know I did and besides I I went to therapy I went back to inner child therapy yes. talking about this on the live video I did uh, last night I, I, I um. I went back and sat with a therapist, a psychotherapist, yes. and you know went into this different chairs and played out that role that I had mm-hmm. to talk to my inner child and the child talked to me as the adult and you know to, to work those things out. I did EFT tapping. I you know I, I love EFT tapping. Um, mm-hmm. You know I, I would suggest it to anyone. I still do it to some degree. You can go on YouTube and find it. Yes. Uh, um, but. I did EFT tapping. I did affirmations. I, I learned about the subconscious mind. You know, we have the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, and the superconscious mind. Yes. I had to, you know, it's interesting because I felt like spirit was really developing me as an all-rounded individual, but that also helps me with my mediumship yes. because I think there's a lot of woo-woo stuff. Yes. And I like woo-woo, don't get me wrong, yes. but I, I, I felt like, you know, in the beginning for me, now this is a totally taboo subject that I may, people may hate me for, <laughs> but you know, in the beginning, I believed in the dark, and then yes. I, when I started to um, and, and go through my own experiences, mm-hmm. have my own dreams, journaling, healing on my journey of self-healing, I realized that it was always me. Yes. Um, the dark always me, me just projecting it out to the world, and and, um, and it was my shadow because I literally fucking met my shadow yes. in meditation, yes. and it was like crazy, crazy experience. And um, it, like I, I don't want to say uh, I want to just say at the time when it happened, all these like dots connected at once. I, mm-hmm. It was just like this euphoric thing that happened in meditation, yeah. and I felt like great kind of releasement. So all that, all that work. Yes. Led up to that, you know what I mean. I would yes. even do affirmations that I would tape them, and literally, um, when I was going to sleep at night, my wife would think I'm crazy. I would put the earphones on and listen to them falling asleep because if you if you know the subconscious, the sub the conscious mind is, is the, uh, the the job of the conscious mind is to protect the subconscious. So yes. you need the conscious mind to fall away. So people do it in meditation, or they do it, uh, um, you know, as you're falling asleep when when you go into that twilight. Your subconscious is easily to be impressed on then. But some of my affirmations were about healing, you know, yes. um, releasing my old patterns of fear and insecurity. I even, I was just saying this to someone today, mm-hmm. I even have an affirmation that it's okay to be wrong during a reading yes. because we don't know everything. We yes. don't. I tell my sitters, we don't know everything. You know, I can be wrong. I'm, yes. I'll take the picture right off me. You know, I know, um, I always heard, um, actually, John Edward, I think, talk about that, you know, about taking the pressure off. I, I don't, we don't know everything. But but, you know, and, through and all that. Can I just, sorry, interrupt you there? I think that's yeah. a really good place to sort of talk about supporting one another as mediums and people that are just on any path. That, you know, we've got to get rid of this idea of perfection and realize that we're all still learning. Till the day you die, you're going to be learning. So yes. don't be scathing of one another. Be supportive. I mean, we all fuck up. Gee, it's, you know, it's not as though 
as you said, it's not as though this body appears and it actually speaks to you and tells you everything and said like in um ghost you know with Whoopi goldberg and patrick swayze it's nothing like that that you know yeah. you can hear and see and just just yeah. pass it on like that it's not like that at all yeah sorry that was i just had to had to bring that well, up well it's true you know and, and i've seen it more so lately in my own journey um you know i feel like for me, I feel like I'm always because maybe I've I've received the other end of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'll be your biggest cheerleader. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. Like I, I feel like I'll I want to help push people in some way. Listen, everyone starts somewhere. Yes. I started somewhere. I started. I remember. I remember the first dem I ever actually the first dem I ever did was with in Chicago with Lisa Williams not with her but I was in class and she yes. she picked a couple people to do do the dem where and she brought in outsiders that was the first time but my first time alone you know I did I did with another medium and um you know I was scared shitless yeah. and if I look back now I was like damn I can't even believe I went out there like that like my information you know I had these long pauses between my information and but like you everyone's got to start somewhere yes. you know what I mean everyone starts somewhere and you know it's funny because someone and it's funny because you're Australian but she's Australian too a friend yeah. of mine she gave me this little thing um, and I'm trying to think of it because it's on my other desk but she gave me like this little uh, looks like maybe the size of a domino you know yes. and it said on the back probably heard the saying professionals built the ark and something I forget the saying how it goes yes, but, yes. but professionals built the ark and something about amateurs you know what I mean like yes. everyone was once an amateur type yes. of a thing you know yes. and so it's crazy even in our industry or the industry of mediums spirituality is not required to be a medium and so uh, uh there's there's a lot of mediums that don't have any concept of that of yeah. the ego of uh, any of that and so you do have people that are in competition you do have yes. people that are pushing themselves out there that want to be better and this and that and making it a competition you yes. know what i mean but i don't Not know about I, serving I, serving spirit and doing it for the reasons that it's there for i mean it's it's healing at the end of the day it's not about making money and becoming famous i mean yes you will eventually if that's your path as well so i'm not saying don't go and become famous and don't go and make money but don't make that your objective that's what i'm trying to say Actually, I just want to go back to the whole part of where you say that it's all about you. We have to work on us. And before we we started recording, we were having a really good conversation. I should press record then. But what I wanted to talk about was that what happened for me was the more I became truer to myself, then the more I opened up to not only spirit, not that I'm saying I'm a great medium, I'm not at all, like I'm a beginner, but intuitively, you know, that side of me has really developed and my spiritual side, like I'm more comfortable with who I am. And when you do that, it's uncomfortable for people around you as well. So people fall to the wayside, new people come along, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's a natural, there is a natural like universal law in some way. I just don't remember exactly what the wording is, mm-hmm. but the, it says like when you change, you know, 
uh, when you become more authentic of you, yes. you know, that's not what the law says, the natural, the universal law, but yeah. when you change, people are going to change. It, it has to, your energy shifts, your energy shifts. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, you're, you're finally leaving what you feel like it was the, 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 the false self, you know what I mean? Yes. And you're, you're starting to live more authentically. I would say you could say authentically, you could say more soulfully, you know what I mean? Like really the, 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 the souls, yeah. yeah, the souls, um, you know, you're living through that instead of the ego mind in mm. some way and afraid of, you know, living through these fears and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And so when you change automatically, other people are going to change around you and most likely they're not going to like it, yes. you know, and most likely you'll lose friends mm -hmm. and most likely you will have people that will try to say something like you changed mm -hmm. or, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll try to badmouth you or hear people talk about your back. Yes. I, I mean, I can only imagine how many people probably talk about my behind my back, you know what yes. I mean? But I'm just me and there's yes. nothing else that I can do, yes. you know what I mean? But it's when you have that shift of working on you, that's why to me, a medium the most important thing a medium can do, I say it to, to, to mentorship students, I'll say it to anyone that reaches out to me, is work on you. Mm. You want to work on, and not only because of that aspect, but also one time I remember um, posting something and I've, all of a sudden I've seen this, this vision um, came over when I was typing it out and I feel spirit was giving it to me. You know, the vehicle, we're the vehicle. You know what I mean? Our yes. body's the vehicle, you know what I mean, for the spirit world. Yes. So we are the voice of the spirit world. The vehicle needs to be lighter. A vehicle that's so bogged down mm. and has all this garbage and baggage all over it, it's going to have a hard time cruising down, you know, a major highway at 80 miles an hour or 70 miles an hour or 60 miles an hour. Mm. I know you're in kilometers, I think, right? Yeah. Um, compared <laughs> to someone that has all this garbage, they got shit on the top of their roof, they're <laughs> overflowing with garbage bags and they have to go a slower speed. You know, it's weight, it's heavy. The vision that I actually saw was a guy pushing a rock up the hill. And mm. if you were sick, you know, if you were actually physically sick, like you had a cold or a fever, how much energy it would take to actually put, how much more energy yes. it would take to push that rock up the hill and get it to the top yes. compared to if you did work and you were healthy, how much easier it would be. It wouldn't take you as much. It wouldn't strain as much um, to get the rock to the top. And I felt it was from spirit's perspective. Yes. So drop our baggage, it's easier for the spirit world to come in um, and, and, and merge, blend with us and, and consciousness to consciousness and give us the information, you know, compared to someone that is closed off, has all this shit hanging over them, around them, and they're still weighed down because they have fears, judgments, they're angry, they're holding on to, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I'm sitting here nodding going, yep, yep. <laughs> you and can't that, that's why... And that's why I feel like the best thing any medium can do is work on them. You know, yes. they have to go back through their past um, and, and look at things. And also face truths. Like what um, we were talking about before we got on was like, um, you know, the, the peeling of the layers and facing the truth. You hide a lot. Even in your everyday life, for example, like people go, for, for example, myself, I, I was a lawyer and I hated it. Like I... I not that I hated, you know, the money was good and all of that and I liked helping people, but it was soul-sucking for me. But I couldn't, it was the elephant in the room and I was too scared to go, oh, no, uh, I've got to walk away from that because, you know, I'd spent 10 years of my life just trying to become a lawyer and then I'd created this career. How do you walk away from that? But that was the elephant in the room for me. That was the truth I had to face. So when I faced that, then I had to 
you know, deal with everybody else going, oh, what are you doing? Oh, my God, you're crazy, la, 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 all that sort of stuff, and me thinking I'm crazy. But, you know, there's also the um, – I always go back to Ellen. So when yeah. she was doing her sitcom and she she says that she felt so inside of her, she just couldn't live with herself anymore hiding the fact that she was gay. And yeah. she had to just come out and say it, like, you know, just – get the skeletons out of the closet. I have to come out and say it. And when she did, she knew she was risking a lot, but to live like that was harder. So she put it all out. She hit rock bottom. Um, You know, she wasn't picked up for about three years, didn't get any work. And now look at her. She is her. She is the the epitome of herself. So I always look at her and I go, she risked Everything she did, she risked her whole career. She risked backlash. She risked everything just to be herself. And that's where, that's what we have to do. And that's when everything will come to us, like, you know, with the law of attraction, with with wherever you're meant to go. And then again, sorry, I've, I've just got to shove it all in before we finish. The whole thing about competition I, you know, sit here and ask questions and and I was shown a jigsaw puzzle. So the universe was a jigsaw puzzle. Each of us is a piece of that puzzle and we have to find our own place in that puzzle. We can't fit into anybody else's place. So to fit in that place, we just have to be our true selves and then we help other people be their true selves. So that that eliminates all competition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, again, because of, uh, you know, of all the stuff I've read in, in, mm. into spirituality per se, um, Marianne Williamson, and I think it's in return to love, mm-hmm. um, her book, which was phenomenal. I would suggest anyone to read that. Yeah. Uh, but she says, um, there's a, I think it's in the chapter or I, I don't know if it's the chapter name or I just remember it's in one of the chapters. Mm-hmm. If the train doesn't stop at your train station, it's not your train. Yes. Yes. If I'm not offered, you know, for me now, you know, now in my line, you know, with being a professional medium, I literally just surrender it all. You know, like I trust spirit. I trust wholeheartedly. I say this to mediums all the time. You know, when you get in front of a demonstration and you're in front of a hundred or a thousand people, you have no idea what you're going to say. You feel like you're standing there naked. Um, It's not something like a poet that, (laughs) you know, uh, or or a musician or an actor that uh, memorized its line. And um, I trust wholeheartedly at that moment that spirit's going to show up and not make me look like an asshole. You know what I mean? And and, and this is going to work. And so if you have the same amount of trust there, why don't you have the same amount of trust with your life, you know? And so I trust spirit wholeheartedly. And in that process, you know, I just allow spirit to guide me. Now, what do I have to do, you know, with opportunities and whatever else, you know, shows or Dems or whatever that comes my way, you know what I mean? And I don't really push myself out there. What I needed to push, I needed to push through my fears. Yes. I need to push through me Mm -hmm. and then spirit kind of takes over and that's why i feel like sometimes when i think of the jigsaw puzzle you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like the universe will bring us god's spirit the universe whatever you want to believe in um will bring you to where you're supposed to be if you work on you and get out of the way of your own fears another amazing book um, that I felt spirit literally drop into my hand was the surrender experiment, um, my journey into life's perfection by Michael Singer, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, for 40 years, this guy lived this way, you know what I mean? And yeah. it was to, to listen to his story. I was like, my God, 
this is crazy how this guy, his life ended up literally by just surrendering to where um, God, the hand of life, as he would call it, uh, or the universe, was going to bring him. Mm -hmm. So in that aspect of it, you know, you worry about you, you worry about you. It's not, it's not a competition of other people. Some people will still make it and that's okay. That's not them. That's their own projection out into you. But unfortunately they, you know, that's what it is. It's them. But as long as you're still doing you, if the train doesn't stop, it's not your train. You know what I mean? If you don't get that great opportunity or you don't, you know, and in the end, really in the end, why did I agree? I guess I agreed to some, some point, maybe subconsciously, <laughs> yeah. uh, because again, I, I again, I, I, people ask me all the time, you know, and I'm like, I fucking didn't want to be a medium. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. now. Uh, um, and the times that I tried to walk away, it was like, nah, it's not going to yeah. happen. Like I literally tried to go to life coaching school and yeah. God was like, nah, it's not going to happen and took my money away. Really? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. No, I and understand. I, back in Jesus, I was like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> and uh, um, I would always get these like weird messages from people and, and like, all right, I get it. Thanks. You know, like, you know, spirit speaks through others. Yes. Um, but in the process, I, you know, I, now I lost my thought because I went off track. What was the last thing I was saying? Ah. In the process of, uh, um, gosh, now I'm just as bad as you. Um, yeah. in the process of, <laughs> and I'm going to, I need like spirit to bring it back for me. Yeah. Um, in the process of it all, I just feel like in the project, yeah, we were talking about oh, projection yes, yes. And of then, other people yes. and living, I'm going to say this, living authentically and, um, just getting out of your own way, working on you through your own fears and all that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, it's not a competition with other people. It's yeah. a competition. The only competition is with, with me. You know yes, what I mean? To be, yes. be better medium. Yeah. That's what my competition is. And, and I'm constantly in dialogue with my guides, with spirit. How do I become a better medium? How do I become a better medium? I was, I was mentored by Tony Stockwell. I'm going on two and a half years. Actually, I'm over two and a half years. I was mentored by Tony Stockwell for two and a half years, one year in England and then the rest kind of online. Um, and literally when he would ask me all, you know, he would give me a nice compliment about my mediumship. Um, when I would see him in person and I would say, thank you, but how do I go deeper? How do I get <laughs> yeah. every time? And finally he looked at me like, mate, you, you trust me, you'll get there. You'll get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just keep doing what you're doing. Cause you're doing a good job, you know? And so my only competition is with me, is yes. with myself, is how can I be a clearer channel? Where do I need to go and heal so it makes me an easier conduit for the spirit world? Getting back to what I remember now, because I feel like spirit just brought it back to me. Yes. The reason why I got, like I said, the reason why I agreed to do this to some degree was because of the healing mm. part of mediumship. And I don't fucking heal. Spirit heals. Yes. I just listen. And I give what I get. And through that, it plants the seed. Maybe there's a healing that starts happening there. But maybe it happens a week later. Maybe it happens a month later. But at some point, when you can undeniably give evidence of the loved one that's there in the spirit world, and then also you know me, where I like to, you know, my thing is I feel like mediumship is evolving. And it's the spirit world show you things that are happening in your life now because if i were to die as a father i would want to tell my daughter i was there when you got your license i seen it happen Mm. i will i walked down the aisle with you at your wedding i know Mm. you made comments about me i know there was a toast um to me there thank you for doing that you know at that uh, of what do they see of our world you know Mm. what do they see of our world so when you can provide the evidence and the and and that part of it um, there, it's like, there's no drink, drug, 
for me mm-hmm. um, that, that's going to give me a greater feeling that I've just served yes. to that capacity. I don't know. I think you yeah, know my my drug and my drug addiction served me in some way. It made mm-hmm. me compassionate because I was I used to be a dick. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And through life changes, working on me, I become a very emotional. I could cry uh, mm-hmm. watching motivational things yes. uh, like, like a dot on a dime, and yeah. I'm a you know <laughs> masculine male. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, uh, you know the stereotypical like you know when they say that st- kind of stuff. But I could cry on a dime, yeah. and, and um, you know, and, and I become sensitive in that way. And through my addictions and, and my whole path, it's brought me to here. And, and it's no other greater feeling to be able to serve to yeah. that capacity um, in some way. And so that's why I do the work. It's not about me. It's, yeah. not, it's about it's about being the voice of the spirit world. Yes. Really. Well, I mean, you have to take some credit too because it's easy not to do the work and it's easy. Well, I don't know. I, I sort of always sit here and I go, gosh, you know, when I'm sitting there going, I don't want to fucking do the work. I don't want to go through all that. But I don't want to stay stuck where where I'm stuck. You know, I'd yeah. rather go and do that work. And it's a credit to you for doing that but also – it's a credit that you can actually go back and you, or you can actually say, I was a dick. And that's how you can be compassionate and empathetic. Like, for example, I was manipulative when I was younger and controlling and um, a bitch and this, that and the other. I, I can say, yes, I was, and I can actually see it in other people. They go, how can, how can you say that? And I go, because I was that. So when you can actually accept it that, yes, I was that and then be objective about it and then work on it, it does make you, I think, a stronger human being but also um, more empathetic to the people around you and being able to really help heal people. So um, yeah. I fucking love you, Anthony. You are amazing. You are a blessing to the world. You have been an awesome mentor for me. I people come in um you know from from the other side but um I, I still have that fear stuff <laughs> so and and I loved like what attracted me to you was just your authenticity and getting on live Facebook live and saying I get scared you know I used to do this I used to like when you'd say that you used to cancel um just readings that people would yeah. book in I, I think that that shows that you take it seriously, that you take the work seriously. It's not just about money, you know, and it helps a lot of people that are on the path to go, okay, well, it's okay. It's part of the process, the fear. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Thank you. I, anyone listen? Yeah, and anyone listening? I used to cancel readings. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I was so scared I would cancel readings yes. in the beginning. Yeah. So. Yeah, but, I I still hide like a bloody chicken <laughs> so yeah. i've signed up for your next round of mentorship so <laughs> I've been awesome i thank you like this is awesome this is a, just an unbelievable conversation I'm, I'm so excited that you asked me to have this conversation oh, really thank and, you um, just have something raw and real instead of um always having to yes. come on and well i'd love to um i'd love to have another chat because we actually went down some other sort of roads and i I think it would be really awesome to have you back one day when you're not so busy just to catch up again and talk about some other bits and pieces if that's okay absolutely 
100%. You're awesome. Thank you so much. And everybody, I'll put Anthony's website details and he's, he's actually got a Facebook group. It's called the International Mediumship Development Group. And um, it, it's basically to help mediums develop. And he's in there live with other mediums around the world. So I'll put all the links below and you can go and stalk him <laughs> there. And um, thank you, Anthony. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. And that's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. If you love what you've heard, I'd really appreciate it if you'd subscribe, rate and give a review on iTunes. Until next week, I'm sending you lots of love. And don't forget to lighten the fuck up.